Our scripture reading for today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll read verses 1 through 13. Listen for the word of the Lord. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's, God's except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Thanks be to God for the reading and the hearing of this portion of his holy word. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. To you be all praise and glory as we pray in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. One day on a cross-country commercial flight, the pilot came on the intercom of the plane and spoke to the passengers. He said, those of you seated on the left side of the plane, if you'll look out the window, will notice that one of our engines has stopped working. But don't worry about it because we can fly with three engines. It will only delay our arrival 15 or 20 minutes. A little later, his voice came on the intercom again. And this time the pilot said, those of you seated on the right side of the plane, if you'll look out the window, we'll notice that one of the engines on that side has stopped functioning as well. But again, I want to reassure you, because the plane can fly with two engines just fine. It will only delay our arrival about 45 minutes. Well, the plane continued flying on for a ways, and then the pilot spoke to the passengers for a third time. Now, those of you on the left side, if you'll look out your windows again, will see that we've lost a third engine. But please don't panic or worry, because we still have one engine left, and we'll be able to make it just fine. Our arrival will now be delayed about an hour and a half. Hearing that, 
a woman passenger turned to the person seated next to her and said, Boy, I sure hope we don't lose that fourth engine. If we do, we're liable to be up here forever. (laughs) All of us, all of us have felt from time to time like we've lost some of our power and are in danger of losing it all. We've all felt like Snoopy in the Peanuts comic strip. Snoopy is sitting on top of his doghouse. He has a typewriter up there, and he is writing a novel. But the only thing that he's typed on the page is the opening sentence. And all it says is, it was a dark and stormy night. Now, if you're a regular reader of Peanuts, you know that Snoopy begins everything he writes with those same seven words. It was a dark and stormy night. But along comes Lucy. She notices those words and says, you stupid dog, that's the dumbest thing I've ever read. Who ever heard of such a silly way to begin a story? Why, everybody knows that all good stories begin with once upon a time. Lucy leaves. And in the last frame, we see Snoopy on top of his doghouse again with his typewriter. He types. Once upon a time, it was a dark and stormy night. (laughs) From time to time, it certainly does look like a dark and stormy night for us, doesn't it? It certainly does feel like we've lost power. Let's look further at our scripture lesson. In it, St. Paul says to the Corinthians that he has something to share with them that, that most people in the world don't know. Yet, he says, it's one of the most important things that anyone can ever know. Well, what is it, this deep and dark secret about which St. Paul talks? It's this. God works in and through the events of our time in a way that may be hidden from view of the world to bring about something that's good for us. God doesn't cause all of the things that happen to us, but he does work in and through them for our good. God is working in the world right now, and God is working in each of our lives, not to defeat us or destroy us, but to bring us to our full glory. And so it was that the hymn writer penned those words that we sang just a minute ago. This is my Father's world. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems all so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is king. Let the heavens ring. God reigns. Let the earth be glad. Remember, It might look like a dark and stormy night, but actually it is but the dawning of a new and more glorious day. A number of years ago, there was a teenage girl who who demonstrated exceptional promise as a young pianist. In fact, she was so good and so bright that she was a, a piano major at the University of Texas at the age of 16. But then something tragic happened to her that interrupted her rise to prominence. She sprained her wrist very badly in a freak accident and was unable to play the piano for a long time. Needless to say, this young girl was was quite depressed. She had devoted her life 
to becoming a great concert pianist. She'd been practicing and practicing and practicing for hours at a time to become absolutely perfect. And now here she was with an injury that took her away from the keyboard and that seriously impaired her development as an artist. For several days after her accident, she wouldn't eat. She remained cooped up in her room and, and didn't want to see anybody at all. Her depression deepened and bordered on despair. But then one day, she decided to go out for a walk. And she went into a church not far from the campus. She went up into the choir loft and sat down at the organ. And then she began to play the organ, not using her hands and fingers, but using her feet on the many different foot pedals. And you know, the more she fiddled around with that organ that day, the more she liked it. And she came back the next day and the next and the next and the next. And she continued to be fascinated with all of the wonderful sounds that she could make just by using her feet on the pedals. And yes, you guessed it, that young woman became one of the top concert organists in the world. Her name was Joyce Jones. and She was on the faculty at Baylor University for 53 years, where she won numerous honors and awards from all around the world. She died just this past year. How do you know? How do you know that a downtime really is a downtime? How do you know that what you see on the surface is all there is to a given situation? One day an American tourist found himself in India on a day when the townspeople were making their annual pilgrimage up to the top of a sacred mountain. As the day wore on and thousands of people headed up that mountain, the tourist decided he'd like to go up too. After all, he thought, he was a jogger and he was accustomed to vigorous exercise and considered himself to be in good shape. So up the mountain he went. But he hadn't climbed more than 20 minutes when he began to feel out of breath and didn't see how he could climb another foot. So he sat down for a while. But he was astounded to see frail old men with canes moving right on up that mountain and women carrying babies. And he just couldn't figure it out. How can these people do with such ease what I can't seem to do at all, he asked. And then a friend who was Indian made a very interesting reply. He said, it's because you have the typical American habit of seeing everything as a test. You see the mountain is your enemy, and you set out to defeat it. So naturally, the mountain fights back, and it's stronger than you are. And then he said, we don't see the mountain as our enemy to be conquered. We climb with the thought that the mountain is our friend. And so it lifts us up and carries us along. Friends, many of us look upon the events of our lives like that tourist looked on that mountain as our enemy, our adversary, something to be fought and overcome and defeated. And we've not yet learned what it means to look upon those events as our friends in a deep and profound way. It may appear to be a dark and gloomy night, but it is also a time of incredible grace 
when God is working to bring us into our full glory. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for loving us and creating us to be the best we can be. Help us to know that you're always there, working to bring us to our full glory in you. Give us the confidence which comes from the knowledge of your love and help us to live victoriously as your people. In Jesus' name, amen.